Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma trained practitioner, and welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to this penultimate episode of the season, episode 9. And today, the letter S is bringing you the topic of systems and structure. Yes, that might sound very boring for some of you. (laughs) However, our brain is actually a very powerful systemizing mechanism. And that's what I'm actually going to go into today because we can actually take advantage of that. We can take advantage of that when we want to establish new habits incorporate more self-discipline in order to establish those habits, as well as for my traders, you will find that this is actually a very powerful way of learning how to learn. If you're a beginner trader out there, learning how to learn is very important. So I'm going to talk about that. Now, I'm sure many of you are very familiar with the yin and yang symbol, the black and white where it's separated by a curvy S line of sorts. The black and white are kind of like paisley shaped. That's how I feel anyway. <laughs> this is meant to be a balance of light and dark energy, of lighter and dark moods. And similarly, when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, and we all have that within us, inside of us. So with the feminine energy, we are talking more about creativity, flow, innovation, light. Whereas with the masculine energy, we are talking about something a little bit more heavy that has a bit more structure and routine and systems and processes. However, we do not want one more than the other. It's important to have a balance rather than a conflict. That's the Tao way of looking at things, (laughs) always trying to have a balance. So a lot of the times I do talk about things that are more intuitive, feeling, emotions, which are very important. But at the same time, if you're trying to establish a new habit, if you're trying to solidify that habit, establishing routines, learning how to learn, we need a structure. We need a system. Just like schools and colleges have a curriculum and a syllabus. That's what we need to also have within our own lives. Even as adults out of school, (laughs) you kind of need a system. So within that system, the structure, that's the masculine component. But within that structure, it is up to you to then make your own timetable, to then allocate the time and energy. You decide and that is when the feminine energy comes in. You get to be creative based on what works for you. Now, let's get into this. <laughs> let's talk about why your brain is such a powerful systemizing mechanism. This systemizing mechanism exists in all human brains. Because when you think about it, for the human lifespan, humans spend a lot of time with our parents before we are trusted <laughs> to leave home to be able to survive and fend for ourselves. Now, we also have special things called mirror neurons in our brains. You know how little kids, they always imitate their parents? So they may not know how to do something at first, but they see their parents do it and then they try. 
to imitate their parents. It's because we have mirror neurons. And this actually helps in our learning process, how we learn to learn. With this specific systemizing mechanism in the brain, what happens is this. There's so many things to explore and do and learn in this beautiful, amazing world of ours, right? There's no shortage of things that we can fascinate ourselves with. So how do we start to make sense of this world around us? Think about a scientist in a lab. We make hypotheses. We think, hmm, maybe if I do this and then perhaps add that, this outcome will happen. And that is exactly what the systemizing mechanism does. It seeks out if and then patterns. Like if I do this, I can then expect this to come. Because our brain wants us to survive, which means if I walk past this dark cave and then I go in, the pattern is most likely I will never survive and never leave that cave. Like I won't, I won't come out. If I see another person go in and then I hear a roar and then the person never ever comes out, I can then surmise that this person is no longer alive. They haven't survived. So for my own survival sake, I will then not go into that dark cave or any dark cave for that matter in case, right? So this is how the brain makes sense of the world around us based on patterns, all of this has enabled humans to explore, to be more scientific. And it's very similar to journaling, actually. You know, you write words and observations, and if possible, you also add numbers to it. This is what allows us and the human brains to manipulate our environment and create amazing things like technology and be so inventive. So our human brain is so good at figuring out how a system works how to build a system, and how to improve upon a system. So for example, Henry Ford. I was in a cafe the other day and I saw this thing on a blackboard and it says, if I had to ask the public what they wanted, they would have just said a faster horse. Whereas he was innovative and he invented a car, <laughs> right? He went the other way. Like nobody would have said, oh, get me a robot horse or a mechanical horse, right? Everybody just said, get me a horse, but a faster one. <laughs> so he thought outside the box. So he figured out how a system worked. How do you put these pieces of metal together in order for it to move? So he invented a car. Along the way, inventing things, having a factory line to assemble things, put things together, making things simpler, less complex. This is what the systemizing mechanism in our brain enables us to do. So there are four steps of a systemizing mechanism. Number one, we ask a question. And think about little children again. Why is the sky blue? Why does this happen? Why can't I have my favorite food? Why do I have to eat dinner? Why can't I just go straight to ice cream? <laughs> How does a fax machine work? I remember one of my friends in school, he was like, I remember asking that to the adults of my parents and nobody could actually explain to me how a fax machine worked. <laughs> oh, little kids. Or as kids in general, you know, how, how we must have frustrated our parents, right? But being able to ask a question. And for humans, it's about what, why, how, where, when. Step number two, 
having a hypothesis, if and then pattern in order to answer that first question. So you're thinking, what do I need to put in in the beginning, all the inputs, in order to have an output that is different, that has a change? So think about an equation. Think about chemistry. Think about colors and paints. If I mix blue and yellow together, then I'm going to get something different. It's green, you know. So this is how we try to make sense of our world and why scientists and labs and peer-reviewed journals and being able to replicate experiments and get the same outcomes is so important. Now, step number three. Then we learn how to test the if and then pattern in a loop. So this is why I tell my traders when you are learning how to trade, you need to journal and then you need to evaluate. Because when you lose money, it doesn't mean, uh-oh, full stop, next trade, let me forget about that. That was so ugly and painful, I'm just going to hide that in the cupboards, hide that in the ether and never, and never try to face that again. I don't ever want to be reminded of that again. No, you've got to learn what went wrong. <laughs> you've got to find out why, right? And you've got to eliminate it, the factors one by one. So don't try to change too many things at once. For example, if a person says over during the new year, New Year's resolutions, I am going to be a completely new person. I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to finally get braces. I want to learn how to speak Japanese. I want to learn how to ice skate. If you're trying to do all of those things at once, all at once, <laughs> the next thing you know, you're going to be exhausted and you'll be like, Hmm, I wonder which is the one that's not really for me. It's going to be harder to tell. So you've got to do things kind of add in bit by bit and see how you go. See how it fits your lifestyle. So with testing, in terms of your trades, maybe you go, huh, maybe I didn't read the news. Maybe I didn't see that it was earnings week. Maybe I did not follow the trend and the momentum and I traded against the trend and momentum. So you need to find out why things went wrong. Things didn't go the way you expected. So you test. And step number four, you then modify the pattern and test this modified pattern in a loop. So for example, you found out, oh, I better start watching CNBC News or Yahoo Finance. And then you start incorporating that in your routine so that now you're like, hey, I just read something really interesting. And oh, I then noticed this is how it affected my ticker symbol. So you can start to make assumptions if this happens and then this would happen. So you test and each time things don't go exactly the way you plan, you test some more and you modify some more until you can replicate the results that you want again and again. And this is how inventions are created. The outcome we want is a pattern that we can predict and that the outcome is consistent. So there are three main ways to test an if and then pattern. Number one, through observation. For traders, we tend to look at charts. Charting is a skill. Charting the buy zones and the sell zones. Charting a particular ticker symbol week after week so we become familiar with them. We observe. For example, Tesla. If Elon Musk says something really silly on Twitter, you can kind of expect that, hmm, Tesla stock is going to be unpredictable <laughs> the next couple of days. There's a pattern, you know. The second way 
that we can test an if and then pattern is experimentation. So a little kid, when they observe their parents, their new mirror neurons are at work here. So a parent would do something and the kid goes, huh, the kid sees it. So that is the power observation. And then the kid tries to do it themselves. And that is experimentation. Now, the third way to test an if and then pattern is by modeling. So using a simpler or smaller model. So for example, for surveys, when we survey, we want to get the largest sample size that we can, right? We want to do a survey on a thousand people rather than 10 people. However, later on, in terms of experimentation, in terms of volunteers, we might get a smaller size and we think, hmm, maybe this group, there's too many factors. They all come from too many wide and varying backgrounds. Maybe we need to make it a smaller size and then do it as a simpler model so there's less confusing factors in this experiment. So we can actually narrow down which factors actually tip the balance and make a difference instead of having these other factors which just create too much noise in the background. So that's how we do it three ways to test the if and then pattern. These are examples of how your brain is amazing. Your brain is a pattern recognizing system. When we think about how individually we want to establish a habit, how we want to establish a routine. So for example, first of all, I tell my clients, if you're thinking about establishing a new habit, we need to start with what is our current schedule? How does that look like right now? And then we need to think about our sleep patterns and our energy patterns. And then I help them incorporate the habit based on what I know about them for their sleep chronotype. I help my clients simplify their calendar and their schedule. And I give them suggestions on when is the best time to try and establish the habit. And only then, after we have created this outline, this structure, they themselves then can fine-tune the details. And this is when that creative energy comes in. Because then they can tweak little things and go, oh, that felt so good to do this in the morning. When I used to be a clinician, I loved going to the gym directly after work because I needed to vent my frustrations. <laughs> And I would take things like boxing classes. I would use the rowing machine. I needed to do things that expended a lot of my energy. I had to have like sweat literally pouring off me. And then I would be like, oh, I'm okay now. <laughs> I used to have a very specific playlist where I would get on the rowing machine and I used to row for 30 minutes straight at a ridiculous furious pace to the point where some people in the gym were like staring at me. <laughs> wondering what was wrong. <laughs> but I felt so much better. After doing that, I would go home, drive home, take my shower, and then I can think to myself, ah, that's okay. I've done well. That's my entire day. Tomorrow is a new day. So I have that structure, but what I choose to do is my own. So you can decide, do I want to work out in the morning? Do I want to work out in the evening? And then what exercise do I want to do? Perhaps somebody goes, no, no, no. I can't afford to do high activity exercise in the evening because then I'll never get to sleep. I'll be too wired. So instead, they might choose to do yoga, do yin yoga, 
at the end of the day to make them fully relax and then follow that with a bath, for example. And then that helps them with their routine to sleep. Whereas for me and my energy levels, I needed to get all of that pent-up energy expanded in a healthy way. And then, and only then, can I then relax because my nervous system is naturally sitting at a slightly elevated sympathetic activation. So for those of you who are not very familiar with nervous systems, basically when you're in a sympathetic state, you're a little bit more alert, you're a little bit more wired, and parasympathetic is when you exhale for longer. and You just feel like, <sighs> you know, you, your body can start to relax and wind down. So my friends, this is what I mean on how you can find a system and structure that works for you and for your lifestyle and for the goals that you want to achieve. So things are still flexible, but we need to start looking at your life overall to determine certain things before going, aha, uh -huh, here's where we want to experiment. Here's where we want to try and put the new system and the new structure in. And then within that, we have room to grow. We are flexible. We can change things if we want to. Okay, I hope you found this useful. And if you have any further questions on this topic, please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at mailing.al. That is at M-E-I-L-I-N-G dot A-W. I would love to hear from you. And also give me some examples of how you have set up and established new routines and habits in your life or how you have used this kind of systemizing mechanism in your learning journey as a trader. All right, I'll see you next week for the final, ultimate episode of the season. And I'll talk to you then. Bye.